excited actually. Not bad. I actually look forward to the den every 9 p.m. today, like these days. <laughs> I know, awesome. I know. My family because it's 6 p.m. in California, and they're like, "Oh, it my you know the this is a new thing for my family." They're like, "Oh, my dad is going to get into this one and <laughs> keep listening to and talking." And then now I had to put a headphone because I used to put it in a speaker like a radio. And they are like, oh, you know. <laughs> it's nice. Satish, man. Welcome. And What's up? Mayura and Mayura, how are you doing? What's up, everybody? <clears throat> cool. Sorry. So I just came in a little late today. So we got a little sort of late, but Mayura. Everyone's uh, been telling me what a great job you've been doing yesterday. Clap, 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 clap. Mm -hmm. So Satish, man, um, tell me about the, the debate format uh, going back and forth. How how'd you like it? It was good, man. It was good, but you know, it was a, it was a little bit um, stacked because uh, uh, Priyant and I were basically you know one team uh, building it up. So we were lobbing the balls back and forth, and then Ruben was there to back us up. On the on the DNA side, so it was a little unfair, but the energy in the room was great, uh, and it was nice to sort of, you know, change up the format a little bit from past the mic to also uh, letting people sort of you know pick a side. And then I think we had one person who we converted on the spot, Ruben yep. and I. So that was incredible to see on the fly. It's like a discovery, you know. Some of these people they argue, and the end of the argument they say, "Oops." You made a point for us, you know. <laughs> and so you move into our column versus other column. It was fun. Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. And, and, and competitiveness in us also comes out. You see, entrepreneurs are all all the other good things. The last or the best one is the competition. I mean, they don't want to fail. They, you know, they always want to win. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that comes out also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little little scoreboard kicked in, and man, it was, it was yeah. awesome. And we. And it got no, to... no, the funniest part is, as Mayura, Mayura pointed out rightly, Travis gets out of this for date night with his wife and keep talking back whenever somebody make a point for him. I don't know how he was listening. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was me. I was so in and out of the conversation. I really wanted to say something, but I'm like, oh, I'm so in and out. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> yeah. We even debated over the maybes. Like, do we split it down the middle? Do we, do we ignore it? Uh, every point was counted for, man, even the point fives. I love that. Yeah, so what do you guys think of making Fridays more of a debate night where we, you know, have these kind of polar kind of arguments and we, you know, tabulate back and forth? Absolutely. Make it a scoreboard. Absolutely. I think so. I agree. No, it was good, Let's man. It was, it was really good. It was really good. And I feel like in this room, uh, with, with the different dynamics, backgrounds, energy, et cetera, uh, any one of these topics, we, we got people picking sides. So uh, I, think, I think it's just a great little community we're building now. Perfect. How's everyone else? Vit, uh, Aaron, uh, Viveki? Vivek, hi. I'm good. Yeah. I was good. Perfect. Awesome, guys. So today we're back on the den. Um, uh, we're talking about the topic. Uh, Satish, why don't you roll us in and then uh, I'll get us set off on the topic. Yeah, man. Uh, everybody joining down there, please know that uh, we want you to come up and speak on stage. I see some uh, familiar faces. And of course, uh, some new faces. And so the whole point of 
the evening conversations is to explore different topics around entrepreneurship, around life, around the combination of the two. Uh, there's so many things that we know and there's so much more we're learning. So tonight, the topic is greatness found in the agency of others, which I love because nobody can do anything by themselves. And you can go way back to the early days of, you know, being boring, man. Somebody had to teach you something. And the more we embrace it, uh, the more we can we can move faster. And so I love this topic. Uh, all you got to do is hit that little hand button and, uh, and we'll pick you up and you come and hang out with us uh, as, a, as a small growing community, especially people of different uh, colors and backgrounds. Let's support each other. So if you like what somebody says, or if you're curious about who these people are, poke on their faces, look at their bios, hit that follow button and make a friend. Um, you never know what, what you're going to sort of accomplish together. And so do join us and we're live every day, Monday to Saturday, 9 p.m. with a variety of topics. And if you want to nominate a topic or if you want to host and, and get some practice in hosting, do get in touch with us. This is uh, as much our club uh, as we can make it. So that's the setup. Uh, my name is Satish Bala. I'm a serial entrepreneur with three exits and now working on my fourth dream company in the education space, trying to change the impact of poor report cards and how to help parents better understand what their kids are all about. And so that's what I'm working on. My co-host, Ravi, introduce yourself and let's set up today. Perfect. Hey, guys. Ravi. Um, I'm trying to work on the problem how to help uh, early stage startups. Um, we run as a as an innovation brokerage. We help companies make uh, partnerships with corporate partners, and I'm forever in the in the, in the service of entrepreneurs because um, I started three companies, but between the age of 17 and 25, when I rightly shouldn't have, didn't have the knowledge, didn't have the, the leadership skills, didn't have um, the the know-how to keep these companies around, and each of these companies, I, I laugh about it now, painfully died in stages of growth. Um, as they grew, they became more complicated and, and, and they fell apart. And now uh, I never, I, I, I hate that pain that I went through. I don't want other entrepreneurs uh, to go through that. I think that entrepreneurship is uh, a great collaborative activity that, that actually benefits us all. When a great company or a great product or service hits the market and does really well and spreads, it's a, it's a completion of a sale, a completion of an idea uh, blooming. Right, and hence our, uh, the, our company name, BloomX. Um, so how do we help great ideas and great concepts bloom in, in, in their marketplace? Uh, part of that comes from you know, us wanting to serve entrepreneurs. And what I love about this topic is greatness is found in the agency of others. It's a, it's a, top, it's a, it's a, um, it's a line I've been hearing over and over again from Scott Galloway. Uh, it's a great thinker that I follow a lot. And basically the idea is, if when like the idea of greatness comes from serving others, whether it be being a CEO and you're playing a leadership position and running a company, taking care of your workers, uh, making sure your customers and clients uh, feel like they're taken care of, right? Building a culture, uh, building a culture that that are positive values, right? These things all all, all move uh, you and to, uh, and the people around you forward uh, in a great collaborative exercise, right? And and end of it, you know, be all measured in money. But at the end of the day, the journey is also super important. So the growth potential we can all appreciate and grow uh, when we help each other grow is uh, is paramount. Um, so today I want to talk about greatness and the idea of being great and how 
when you help others grow, you add to your own greatness and you add to your own comfort, especially in this era of, uh, of, of, of uh, relationships where relationships are more important than ever. How do you build and manage, uh, manage those relationships? Good setup, man. Good setup. Uh, those of you that want to speak up, please go ahead and hit that little button. Um, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs on here, lots of people that, that uh, are, are not only helping others, but also um, getting help. So let's, let's maybe uh, throw the mic off to uh, Viveki, and then we'll get you started, man, and then share a little bit about what you're working on and anything that resonates around this topic. And then when you're done, um, pass the mic to somebody else around you. So if you're ready to chat, over to you, my dude. Um, hey guys, my name is Vivek. Um, so I, I'm 25. Uh, I currently own a uh, V Design and Cybox, which is a digital uh, marketing company and a cybersecurity company. Um, the reason why I created this is because when I was 17, I had my own like vision. I wanted to own my own dream. So I contacted the developer. I got quoted 20, 30,000 pounds. I was obviously 16, 17 nowhere near possible to set something like that up. So I went on a journey to essentially make sure that I would never have to be in that position by uh, creating my own companies that would essentially fulfill anything that I need to create in the future. Um, so yeah, so I, had, uh, I then did university, did a computer science degree, uh, was mentored by IBM, Oracle, uh, worked with the XCT of American Express, uh, creating a blockchain company, um, yeah. Um, so, so what was the question again? So, not more of a question, more of a general mm -hmm. statement, right? Yeah. Um, through entrepreneurship, we have a vehicle to you know do great things, right? Yeah. Whether that greatness is in, in solving great problems, yeah. um, or being a personally a great leader um, to yeah. your team. Right. Mm -hmm. What are those thoughts around that? Like when when you talk about entrepreneurship or uh, pursue that, what are your thoughts about being great in the in regards and a service to others? I think. Okay, so my my goal right now is also to create an idea house, right? So um, I don't want to be I don't want other people to be in the same position that I was. So what I want to do is I want to essentially help people build their ideas. And I think that's the best way to go about things. Like if you, like let's say you have a team, if you understand what they want to do in the future and help them create or essentially help them with your current resources, build their career, then there's, they're going to help you out by, by through a multiplier effect. They're going to be happy. You're going to be happy. And like I said, like creating the idea house is some sort of, which the idea house is the vision for me, which is to help young adults build their ideas and through that it's going to help me um grow my business as well so yeah i hope, I hope um i'm talking about the same thing it's quite late here you know it's uh, how old did you say you were you I'm are 25 sir? 25 you know at 25 yeah. um when i started my first company man i gotta be honest like uh i didn't really care about anybody else um yeah. i was like man i'm coming out of being poor I got a chip on my shoulder. I yeah, got to figure out how to get yeah. my money. How do, how do I do what I got to do? And I learned, you know, uh, later in life how amazing it is to focus on other people's success. Mm. And the ripple effect is That's you it. get what you get. And I love the fact that you're you're young and you you know you've got the right 
mindset this early, man. So hats off. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, 100% agree with you on, on what you just said, which is essentially the, the ripple effect. So like with the digital media company, um, it's helped me fund my own projects as well. But that's I was only done by helping other people build their dreams. You know, so like a great example would be uh, an Italian company um, we launched. Um, they, they were making about £230 in sale in November. Um, I offered them digital marketing. Uh, marketing so like google ads and everything and i offered it for free for the first month and i said to them look just believe in, in me believe in the idea and i'll get you to where you need to be and now in about four months time they're now making 15 to twenty thousand a month um so that's just an example of uh my thing um and in terms of money it's not like if you focus on money more than helping people and building their dreams then i think that's where you go wrong as well um so like that, and that's why I offer something that companies don't offer, which is a payment plan. Uh, and I always make sure that they can afford a payment plan. Um, so yeah, it's like all my clients are on a payment plan because um, because you can't make a company pay twenty thousand pounds a month. You can't make a company pay fifteen thousand for a website. You have to make sure they make profit in order for you to grow your own business. And that's the only way you can offer other services within the same company. Very smart, man. Tell us a little bit more about your business and uh, and then pass the mic. Um, so, yes, yeah, digital media marketing company. Which, um, we do design, development, marketing. Um, we cover well, graphic design. Unli- well, what I've offered is not just graphic design. It's more like unlimited graphic design. So for a package of like two, 200, 300 pounds a month, you get unlimited access to unlimited designs and unlimited revisions. Um, and that's only because that's something that I faced, a problem that I faced. And so now I want to create a solution to all small businesses by charging a low fee and get unlimited designs, anything they want um, for a price. Uh, and in terms of development, website, app design, app development, um, and software development, and marketing, Google ads, uh, SEO, um, and social media. and in terms of cybersecurity, my partner, he works at Grant Thornton. And yeah, we do network hardening, pen testing, um, and WordPress security, and pretty much everything that's uh, needed. Very it just complements both businesses, and that's why I created both. Very uh, cool. It helps, saves me a lot of money in terms of rather than outsourcing it or um, hiring another company to do my work. Very cool, man. I, I'm just I'm gonna hit you up on Instagram. I got some stuff that I think you you and I can work on. So that's great that Perfect. we met. Pass the mic. Pick a pick another person. Um, Priant. Uh, Priant is the reason why I'm here today. Um, he's he's been telling me to come here every nearly every day now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Priant. Well, sorry. Uh, the reason I I always told Vivek is um, when I when I saw Vivek's um, accomplishments. I was amazed. I was mind blown. And every time, like, you know, I have conversations with Vivek here and there and I'm like, man, like, you know, you know, yesterday we were talking about born entrepreneurs, right? And, you know, Vivek is one example of a born entrepreneur. Now, of course, he can be humble and say that, you know, uh, he kind of trained himself like he learned. But, you know, um, I see Vivek as a born entrepreneur. Um, so going going on to to uh, today's topic, right? Uh, 
uh, one uh, in in my line of work, right, in, in immigration, um, I feel it's it's very 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 important to keep uh, the customers happy, and I'd say my my inspiration here came from Jeff Bezos, right, and this is because um funnily the the coincidence was today when I was scrolling to the WhatsApp group, I saw Jeff Bezos quote about brand and you know customer service, um now I'm obsessed with creating my own brand. I'm 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 super obsessed that I I I go down to the point where I design my own font, right? I I sit down, I I downloaded Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop. I literally worked out my own logo, how it needs to be published, where it needs to be published, the design ethos, what it should stand out, what sort of psychology, the color psychology it plays into it, things like that, and uh, customer service, right? Um, branding and customer service. Uh, what Jeff Bezos said goes hand in hand because um, your brand, regardless of how much it looks, um, it's only as good as how many customers it benefits, right? How many customers think that you are this awesome, amazing person, right? And uh, Jeff Bezos put it amazingly well. Um, like, you know, he, he's, he's obsessed with customer service, right? And I, I've read about Amazon a lot of times. Um, and, and, and apparently in Amazon, I, I, I don't work for Amazon. I, I read a lot of case studies about Amazon. Um, they constantly rework, uh, the internals, uh, to orient it towards customer service, right? To make sure, uh, customers are felt better, right? A anything that you order in Amazon at the end of the day, customers are set better. So I, every time I look into this, I go back to my immigration field and I tell myself, how can I make my customers feel better? Right. So I, I try to go through everywhere. I, I try to find out what I could do to make it better. So, for example, my website is available in English and Tamil. Right. Um, I, I haven't created a Hindi version of it, but I'm, I'm thinking into it. I'm looking into it. I don't know Hindi. I know. So I do it uh, in English and Tamil. And the second thing is I automated the booking system. Right. So anyone that's going into the website to uh, book an appointment, I made sure it's super, super, super easy. It's tablet friendly. It's desktop friendly. It's phone friendly. Uh, so at the, and, and, and it's not even much of language. It's more of a design choice. Right. So when people click on a calendar, they see the dates. They don't see language. They just see the pure number, the design aesthetics to it. Right. And when they finish it. Um, it kind of connects to the management's case management system I work with. And I meticulously spend two months customizing my case management system all by myself, right? Uh, similar to Vivek, right? I, I, I am very paranoid about um, getting, uh, getting things done by others. Um, you know, if I, I want my clients to feel amazingly satisfied when they choose Alpha Abroad Immigration, I want them to feel oh my God, this is just absolutely phenomenal. Like I never experienced anything like this before, right? That's the kind of feeling I want to give to people. So everything that I designed, right? People get like these cute cards when they log in. Um, I constantly update it. I have like this little tracker that goes on, which gives them an update of their application. And I have this for every single application, right? So rather than calling my firm, right? They're calling me every single time, be like, hey, what's the update on this application? Hey, I haven't heard back on this application. I automatically update it, right? Even before they call me, I, I have reminders set in every single file, right? Call this person, right? And I set it in such a way that every time, like even before they think about calling me, 
I am already there letting them know. And another thing I learned was setting the right expectations, right? Customers, when they come to you, uh, especially my clients in the field of immigration, um, files take up to even two years long, right? And when it comes to two years, that's a lot of expectations, right? Someone's giving, someone's paying you thousands and thousands of dollars in regards to immigration. And, and you know, and they're waiting for two years, waiting for, waiting for you know, uh, a reply. Right. So I made sure that, you know, I tell them, hey, uh, these are the milestones I'll be working on and I will be updating you accordingly. Right. And I make sure I constantly communicate with them. I constantly, you know, talk to them. I wish them on their birthdays. Right. Um, I try to like I try to like uh, if I'm organizing something by myself, I let them know what I'm organizing in their own communities. Right. I send them emails. I let them know you know, what are the special things that are happening? And it's not just immigration, right? Even if there is anything that's being sold, like if it's a, if, if there's some real estate thing happening or if there is a phone plan coming up, right? I kindly, quickly, you know, I tell my clients, I'm like, hey, you know what, did you hear about this? You should probably hop onto it. So I kind of built this professionally friendly relationship, Bravo. right? So mm-hmm. I guess uh, that's how I work it. So- sorry if I took too long, but go ahead. I know no, um, I think that was a it was a neat uh, rolling answer. But I think the theme behind this, Priyant and Vivek, that uh, you both covered is like how businesses chiefly, you know, you're you're building a business to serve a client, your clients, your your customers, right? So going back to the agency of others, uh, sometimes we forget that companies we build uh, ultimately are, are providing a service. We're, we're we're building it for somebody. We're building it to solve problems for certain for a certain target of people. Uh, and that's what the, the companies do, you know, whether your product, uh, a service or a process that you improve, uh, you're delivering upon this thing. So I love that. It's Priyant, um, you want to you pass the mic? Uh, yes, I like to pass it to Sanjeev. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Ravi, can you just, uh, what was that statement that we're talking about? Yeah, so greatness is found in the agency of others. So in regards to innovation, generally, uh, you know, I found a lot of entrepreneurs one of the reasons they get into uh, into building a business or a company is so they can have effects on others, whether it be, um, you know, build this thing that can you can service more clients, trying to start, solve problems for a whole, more people. Um, you want to b- become a, a leader and lead a team, you know, uh, you have to build an entity behind you, right? So when you're when you're trying to build, especially a scalable business, something something bigger than yourself, Right, not just like a small, uh, you know, a solopreneur business. I'm talking about an actual uh, entity that can, um, you know, out- outlive you. Um, you know, there's a bunch of things you got to do when you're trying to uh, you, you think about right. Um, and I, I guess the, the the point of this question is less of a question, more of an ethos, right? As a as an as a innovator, uh, as a business leader, do you think of yourself as serving others, and if so, who? Who are you serving? Is it you and your family and what the business can do for you for them? Is it the customer that you know you're trying to solve problems for? Uh, is it the employees? A mix of them, you know. Uh, what what is the more of the mind state I'm trying to get to? Yeah, so a little bit about myself um, for answer that. I um, I'm in construction. I've been in the field for the last I would say eight years plus, and uh, I started off um, as an HVAC. Uh, technician I worked as a helper for a company that focused on new construction homes so we would go and uh, you know from the starting from the ductwork to the furnace any gas appliances and the gas piping everything and um, 
during that job is where I found my love for building. I saw the process happen. I got to know the other trades workers. And um, when you start speaking to them, you just learn a lot. Um, I worked, I, I, I did that for about three years. And then uh, I had a buddy who, you know, he had a lot of money. He bought a few properties that he wanted to demolish and rebuild. And um, the first one he did, he called me up and said, hey, I know you're doing HVAC and um, I need a contractor to do my uh, new, the HVAC for my new construction home. And uh, to me, it was a challenge. Um, I never, I didn't register a company. I had only worked for a company. So I had to get going on that. And I literally registered and he, his job was the first job I took on. Um, I relied on like my friends, literally to come as a helper who had no experience. And I kind of just led uh, the way, you know, and slowly hired people to join my team. And while I was there, you know, I started managing his other trades because when we're there, we have our plumbers and electricians there and, um, you know, pretty much doing all the mechanical, all the trades works um, before they're ready for drywall and stuff. I, so, I started managing them in a way where, you know, because he didn't have a site supervisor or anything of that sort. So these guys, they, they would take advantage. They would, you know, put their pipes where I knew they could keep it closer to the wall. You When you back frame, you wouldn't have a big bulkhead as they were doing. And uh, when my friend noticed that, who, who was building these homes, he asked me, hey, you know what, man, like these guys are hard to deal with. They throw jargon at me, like the lingo they, they talk to me with, I don't even understand. And they, I feel like if you were here, you know, and I, I was like, you know what, I don't know anything about building, right, at that point. But I took it as a challenge and I said, sure. It was like a lot of just going home, Googling and going back and, you know, hiring people. I relied on other builders that I had met when I was working my old job and they are now like a mentor to me. I called them up for a lot of problems that I have on site because it's never as simple as on the drawing, right? You get a drawing done by your architects and engineers, you go on site and there's other hurdles that you're going to have to work around. So it's a lot of problem solving. Um, but yeah, so once I, I stuck with him, built all these uh, like, so managed three builds with him and then took on a commercial job, uh, two of them to be exact, one cafe and one indoor playground with the cafe party halls and all that jazz and pickering. Um, now I'm actually on, uh, I'm, I'm, I started doing an ICF home, which is the current project I have going on in Ajax. Uh, ICF is insulated concrete form. So basically the perimeters of this house is all concrete right up to the roof, not just the foundation wall. And, mm -hmm. you know, relying on other people is like key for me in my industry, because there's jobs that you are able to tackle yourself with. Like I run a crew of five people and sometimes you just need other contractors, other subs in there, subcontractors in there. And I don't know, it's for me, relying on people is very key. And you build a relationship with people where you go back and forth with favors and you know, the money aspect is very small when you know that you're going to be in this field for a long time and that you count on each other, right? Yeah, I mean, essentially, I think it came back down to uh, the idea that, uh, you know, 
you rely a lot on the people you work with and partnerships are important. Um, in your industry, it seems like it, it's a lot of uh, moving parts and problem solving, uh, bringing together people, with different skills, materials to build something uh, greater than uh, the sum of the parts. It's always super interesting. So Sandy, why don't you pass the mic? We'll keep this going. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd like to pass it to Vit. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Sanjeev. Um, I guess relating back to uh, the question at hand, uh, greatness is found in the agency of others. Um, I'm someone who thoroughly believes in um, investing in people. Um, uh, really investing in people is kind of what brought me and my businesses to where I am right now. And uh, kind of relating back to what Sudish said earlier, you know, at a young age, kind of just being focused on just me didn't really take me anywhere. Um, like just, it helped me build capital, sure, but uh, it, all the businesses did really die out just because like I didn't have any support because I wasn't really putting support anywhere else. And um, I feel like actually what I'm into is uh, uh, what Vivek was saying earlier. Uh, I've been helping people. Uh, I used to be a digital marketer. Uh, I used to build a couple of websites. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, I said a story way back where I invested in an in actual client where I put a lot of my own money in and um, they kind of shut the project down and they actually reached back you know, months, months later and with the whole new opportunity for me. And I've, you know, that's like a huge example of uh, investing in like people you believe in and um, it pays out. And now it's, I'm fully on an advisor role where I advise businesses and digital marketers and companies, because when I mean advise, I do offer that service free because now I find that just investing in people, no matter one way or another, it, it works its way around to me and it does come around and help me in the end. Actually, through this this uh, group itself, um, Disruptors Den, a few people reached out to me and I'm helping them or giving them my advice on whatever I know. And it's all it just boils down to just investing in people. And uh, I really am someone that supports investing in our community and watching everything shine because it just all pays out in the end together, right? That's all I have to say, really. Hey, man, that's really good, man. I'm going to jump in for a quick second before you pass the mic. And I want to get um, Ruben's input on something, and, and maybe even Travis, uh, who I look at, uh, some of the older guys in the room. You know, this mindset of, like, greatness is found when you help other people, that's a shift from, like, the immigrant mindset, which is about survival and taking care of my own first. My parents came to this country and and you know as far as i can remember they cared about four other people our family and and that that has been stereotypical of most immigrant families that you land and you go into survival mode and you think about you and you think about it long enough where the rest of the world doesn't really matter and then i'm hearing a lot of shift in some of these younger folks at at a very early age thinking about the external world beyond themselves, A, I'm happy to hear it, B, uh, I, I want to break down that, that shift in mindset a little bit more. And I thought, Ruben, what do you think, man? Yeah, uh, yeah thanks a lot. I actually, I, I've been thinking through this for actually over this week about my journey versus a lot of young people coming here. I'm so glad in, in, in the, you know, uh, the company and all of you, but as, uh, you know, Satish just rightly set up. I mean, I just turned 50 this year, or, uh, just 50. And I've been going through this journey uh, since 90s. I left Sri Lanka you know, during the war 
Uh, I went to Africa and came to U.S. And uh, at that point, I mean, I didn't have a chance to go back to, you know, where I came from. You know, it just has to be somehow you have to make it. But on, on during that journey, you know, I started engaging with people. And uh, just like, you know, a few of these guys said, Sanjeev and others uh, talked to. So I, I got a good friend with, you know, many people who I work with. I put my extra effort to help them with various aspects of businesses they were doing with, you know, customer. Because I'm an engineering guy, but, you know, you had to do customer engagement, finance, or you had to talk to, uh, you know, legal people and all that. When they see that kind of, you know, outbound capability, but still I didn't have that gut to, you know, basically uh, I just got my green U.S. green card and I quit my job while I was going to get married in a few months and started my first company. That, that, that came from, uh, you know, you, you get these people who you believe in, who will, you know, have had the vision, and then you, you are also going to contribute to a situation where this is going to be taking you to the next level. If you think about, there are people I know for, you know, worked so long in this corporate life, and they still have a house and the middle class life, but you can't go to the upper epsilon of this life. So for me, that wasn't acceptable. I, I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to get more. Uh, and again, I didn't think as much as about social change, even though I am very committed to that. But my focus was, you know, I need to be successful. I need to, you know, in our community and all that. So that was, a, you know, as Satish rightfully set up. It, it wasn't a case of, yeah, we had the flexibility of doing this or taking some time off and, you know, we can figure it out and all that. No, you had to be successful. I had to be successful at that age. And it was it, it was a very, very uh, challenging time, uh, you know, because you don't, you know, I was going to buy a house and I couldn't put a down payment because I put everything in my com first company because first six months I didn't get paid and, you know, that's a lot of expenses and all that. So you go through that process and you figure it out, then you find, I mean, you know, as the, the come to the to today's topic, uh, I, I write, write about this continuously, the company of the right people. So you had to figure out, uh, first of all, yes, you know, you get it from the customers, get it from other people, and even you building the people around you who are complement of you uh, and a complement of the uh, capabilities, as well as, you know, they can go and, uh, you know, they will be in the trenches to make things happen. You know, I got a guy from IIT Metras, gold medalist, who is the guy who had the vision of the product. And I was the guy, the execution guy, and I was able to go and uh, make what he, you know, uh, dreamed of, and in a, a simple human way of capably building in a small startup and competing against a huge, uh, you know, uh, uh, company Texas Instrument. So those are the things which, you know, it for me it didn't naturally come. I didn't think I wanted to get into this. But I kind of forced myself because I wanted to build that one. But all together, it is not done by me alone. I made sure I built a you know, circle of friends or advisors, circle of you know, capable people, and then only look, you know, that's a bigger picture of mm. any product you are building. Anything you are building is for some, you know, someone to consume, someone to pay for. 
someone to you know make it as a uh, unique things for them to be able to carry through their next life so those are the things important i mean as you guys see it through you know where it is and you have you may have some freedom you have a home to go to because your parents may have own a home or they you know they live somewhere uh, but i didn't have that chance but on the other hand with that having that you know thinking of able to uh, come from uh, use your advantages to go take it to the next level by making the social changes making you know products but always you know that's why i continue to believe in capitalism where you know even though we want the social changes and all that you need to still uh, try to make you know uh, some kind of return and do the service to others by you know able to make money for the company money for the uh, people who work for it that's why i'm always proud of my two companies which i had about 300 to 350 employees all of them you know when in, in the downturn and upturn of the uh, you know as the economy went through uh, within 2001 and 2008 we were able to employ them we never wanted to let anybody go out of those thing so those are the you know to me of how you lead as well as how do you you know promise your people to be able to you know continuously uh, build you know your capability while building their trust and that becomes and as i go through the last 5 10 years of you know mentoring and coaching people i continue to tell them that you know you had to uh, you know try to get to the next level while try to give back to you know what you are gained so sorry i i took a long wind of answer because i wanted to set the setting where as satish rightfully said we you know our generation was a little bit different than where you guys are but still i think we all of us are trying to you know drive for same thing no look the story is important man so i'm glad you shared it um i know i called out um travis also and before yes. you before you jump in travis i also want you to think about this topic this idea of trust because you know you could help other people in your brain but do they receive it like that and the amount of trust people have to place it in each other for this model to work uh is something that you know I think Ruben brought out but uh if you're down for it a I want to hear your views on it and b the topic around trust how do you think about that and how how does that reconcile sorry satish could you repeat that piece my i just got um connect disconnected for like a split second there. Yeah, so just topic on Yeah, basically, thank you for letting us win yesterday on the DNA side. Uh that was the first thing I wanted to say. And then the second thing, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh no, cuz Ruben set it up beautifully in his story and one of the thing that one of the thing that I find interesting around this, you know, topic um cuz it takes two, right, to tango. In this case, you know, for me to get greatness, I need to empower other people. But for me to empower other people i need to have a level of trust that is being built up so we could coexist in this little trust bubble knowing that i'm going to do my best to take care of you and you're going to do the best to take care of me but those kind of trust don't happen naturally so when you think about you know supporting others in their greatness and then the roi to you whatever that is but there's a level of trust that doesn't exist that's got to be built is this thing even possible that's the question wow yeah i uh 
it's it's interesting because like I'm just thinking it back, especially to the early days uh, with the co-founders and the people who essentially, um, you know, put a lot of uh, risk and skin in the game uh, when you know we were just starting off, practically vaporware, and there's just a lot of passion and a lot of discussions of what the nuances of the you know the problem we wanted to solve. And um, and when I look back at that period, I feel like the only thing I had, because I had no experience being in education, I had no experience, um, prior experience building a company, all I, I guess, um, you know, uh, had, the only currency I had was um, the, con you know, just the passion and the conviction of the problem and just the constant focus on that problem and a lot of just leading up to it. Um, one of the co-founders, Lambo. I mean, we've done so much together to, uh, leading up to that point. So there was that history. The other two co-founders met over um, during that journey, and um, really was just authenticity towards wanting to solve the problem, and clearly seeing that um, the you know when we came together, we were actually inching away towards chip. We were chipping away at the problem, and they saw that, and giving them the you know the sort of the tools learning the tools and then giving them the tools to say, this is why this, we're heading in the right direction. This is how we can measure, um, you know, us, um, you know, towards building a company. These are the steps we're supposed to be hitting. And if we hit these steps, we're heading in the right direction, guys, you know, and that's all I had, like just that authenticity and, and, and um, doing, doing the work to be in a position to sort of, um, to, to build that, like to be able to make those statements and give them a, a to, the tools to evaluate for themselves. And, I guess that's how I kind of built that trust. And there's a lot of passion and, um, and you know, I guess people make, you know, you, you can, you know, you can tell when someone's sincere, I mean, for the most part, um, over a period of time based on their actions and what they do and where they spend their time and the sacrifices they make. So, so I feel that that, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I feel like, um, you know, when we just think of the topic, greatness is, you know, it is found in the agency of others. I was really reflecting on this a little bit. And I feel like sometimes, like an entrepreneur, um, you can look at it in this one one way. Like a, It's like a complex matchmaker game, right? Um, you, you, you tend to search for a problem affecting a large group of people. You're so passionate. You really um, wrap yourself around the problem space. And all the possible emerging tech or tools available to tackle the problem, you start picking them up and learning them. But, you know, but more importantly, you find people, you create a team that's passionate um, um, and who have not yet discovered their potential when coming together to solve that problem. So you're, you're like this complex matchmaker between a customer base who doesn't know that there might be a solution waiting for them around the corner and a team of people who haven't truly unlocked their full passion and talent to essentially come together to tackle that problem in a new way. And I feel like that's kind of my best, you know, description of what's happening. And, and you never get it right. You don't get it perfect, but you're kind of always, you know, refining that process to, to as a matchmaker of people. I mean, Travis, I mean, uh, please, uh, before you jump in, Satish, uh, Travis, you articulated so well the last part of it. I mean, I had to give you so kudos to that. I mean, you did exactly what I went through both of the time. And many people, successful people, 
and who were not so successful people had that struggle of getting best out of the people around yes like what you said i mean that that is if you guys can do that yes get the best out of the people then the success comes easier you know whatever it is thank you ruben and i i, I mean I would like so for those of you who don't know like I flew out to Cali to meet Ruben and Ellen to Rajan through an introduction and I have a long history of just talking to people and reading books and searching for um insight and understanding um to help build this and uh, to Satish's point like I I guess I I would then synthesize this information and empower our team like with whatever I found instead of them having to go through the same sort of exhaustive process of trial and error finding where to get the, where where to drive where to build that reservoir of conviction as to how we approach this you know uh, building a company i would basically um, do a lot of that work and bring it back to the team and as we tackle the problem um, point these things to them like i spoke to this person this is their past experience this is what they're saying this is a uh, there's similarities to this problem and what we're doing over here and that was another way of building that trust as well that's amazing yeah, I mean, man yeah to follow up again sorry to follow up quickly yeah i met with travis in a, a restaurant and we spent 5 hours 4 4 hours maybe on that and not just travis travis brought lambo and the team of uh, people i was i when i look at those young faces i believed what their mission was i mean that is the thing you guys had you know people had to build not just one leader one person a team core team and you can get things done so those are important No, I like that man. Uh I was reading a book. This was a while back, and I remember this distinctly. It said, you know, anybody who's got a vision, um the first person to follow you is usually the easiest person to get. There's somebody close in your network, they're going to they're going to believe in you because they're that person that knows you the best, and they're going to jump in, eyes closed and just do it. The harder person to get is the person after them. The person who has no idea who you guys are or the dynamics but they want to believe in the vision and that person is the hardest person to bring onto a team. I don't know if anybody else agrees with it, but I remember reading that and and I fully agree with that in in my life cycle anyways. <laughs> yes, one of my co-founders told me this that usually like um there's a second or third person who's typically a little bit like tell me if I'm getting this right so these like typically a little bit more practical, extremely talented and they're kind of following the vision and that really that combination makes it a more convincing package i guess is that the kind of idea you're talking yeah, about yeah exactly because you know it, what we do as entrepreneurs um the gift and the curse is when we believe in something passionately you put us on a stage you put us on a lunch meeting you put us in a in a room full of people we're going to convert people we're going to convert people through our 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 passion through our vision of something that hasn't been built and and we do it with such clarity because we're already there. And then the first wave of people, the first person is usually somebody who already knows you, man. And then that that next person you need on the team, the person who's going to call bullshit, the person who's going to be a bit more practical, is going to step back and go, "Yes, Satish, I I get your Amazon vision, but how are we going to get to a bookstore first?" And that person is the hardest, man. And when you win that person over, woo! they bring that that extra credibility especially you know when you're in when you're early age starting on so anyhow that's i diverted a little bit but you guys caught me thinking about my own journey 
So listen, uh, the other person here that I would love to get some feedback on is Raghavan. And Raghavan, you know, we've known each other, Raghavan, but every time I see something about Raghavan uh, or see about him, it's always other people complimenting the value he's added for them. I seldom read something that's self-promotion from Raghavan. And that is one of the things I've always admired about, you know, you and what you do with the community. Um, so I would love for you to sort of dive in and talk about like your passion to help people, help passion to, to move them along and all the things that you do. And then also to spin it a tiny bit. There's a lot of positivity, man. But when you get burnt, when you get burnt on something you try to do from the right place, how do you then get past it and continue helping other people? Wow, Satish. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about this topic, guys. It's, um, it, you know, I, I'm going to go against uh, what you just said, uh, Satish. I'm going to do a little bit of a plug-in for myself um, uh, here because this is kind of bringing up a lot of thoughts in my head. Um, disruptors Den, um, uh, you know, I just went through uh, thinking about a whole lot of stuff that I did in the past, um, and I just realized I may have been a disruptor uh, in, in, in a social setting uh, just by doing uh, what the topic is about today, you know, um, providing agency or, or uh, helping people um, do things uh, better for themselves, right? Uh, topic is greatness is found in the agency of others. And I'm gonna gonna step it up a notch and say, you find profound satisfaction in, in providing agency to others, right? Uh, some of the things that I've done, I'm, I'm gonna sort of try and uh, categorize it a couple of ways. One I've done provided agency uh, uh, to individuals in a personal setting. Um, not for any any uh, gain, but because I, I felt I've been there uh, and I know your story, I know your struggles, therefore I'm gonna help you. This may have been just in, uh, in personal relationships, it may have been in somebody trying to get a job or somebody trying to do something very simple and mundane uh, in, in, a, in a bigger picture. Uh, and, and I was able to do that because somebody else provided me that. And, and I, I believe it was Travis and then Ruben and I believe Satish brought this up as well. Um, so when I started off at uh, CMR, I started off as a uh, radio jockey um, trying to do um, a weekend program called Radio Rasmatas. And it only happened because somebody else thought you can do it. Right, they they provided me that opportunity. From there on, I life was fast paced. I grew to become the director of um, public relations uh, in this corporation within like two three years. It was it was a fast journey. But then I had other people who believed in me. Um, I was able to somehow get their trust because I uh, worked on it. I'm, I'm trying to throw some of those words that you guys were uh, talking about here, right? And that trust factor allowed me to create this show called Crossroads because I felt and this, this is where my social um, aspect came in, it, trying to provide social agency to a larger community, um, if that's even a word. Um, 
I realized there was a massive challenge the younger generation was uh, dealing with, especially the second, third generations uh, of, of new immigrant uh, communities, right? Um, most of us probably, or, or some of us probably, belong to the first generation, and the second, third generations were struggling with uh, dual identity at home and, and at, uh, at school or outside. When they went home, they had to be this Tamil, typical Tamil person um, trying to relate to uh, the traditions and values of, of uh, what their parents thought was being Tamil or being human. And then when they went outside, they had, they had to deal with um, being Canadian, being the Westerner. I realized they were struggling so hard because I, I went through that. So I was able to bring on this new show on television and uh, thanks to somebody else providing me that agency, right? Uh, helping me get there. I was able to talk about a lot of stuff that was taboo to be talked about. Um, we, we talked about same-sex relationships. We talked about sex in, in teenage. We, we talked about love. We talked about kids dressing up, going to clubs. We talked about a whole lot of stuff, which may sound really, really trivial and silly right now. Uh, I'm, I'm talking 2006, seven, when um, this was still stuff that was not um, common uh, within the Tamil community, right? Uh, at least in the broader community. And to realize five, six, seven years later, maybe even now, people telling me, you know, you sitting um, in a studio talking about this with somebody else provided me the opportunity to open up with my parents and, and talk to them about the struggles I was going through. And that allowed me to, you know, marry the person I wanted to or uh, let them know that I'm gay, or let them know that I did this. Um, so that that kind of gave me so much satisfaction. That's why I probably named it profound satisfaction, right? It gave me um, self-worth. It gave me purpose. Okay, I was able to go out there and, and change the lives of 5, 10, 20, maybe 100 people. Uh, and provide the community with a bit of a bit of an edge and an angle towards what life in Canada is going to be for their next generations. So um, I, I'm getting a little um, overwhelmed with emotions right here, right now. It, it's it's awesome, brilliant topic. Uh, I, I hope I spoke to what I was meant to speak to. But thanks, guys. I remember, so, remember Crossroads. I, oh my gosh, yeah. that was such a a, a a place for a lot of young people. And uh, when the community was going through in 2009, I just remember um, a lot of young people volunteering, like, oh, we got to get this on Crossroads. And I just remember just growing up watching it. So that, that brought memories. I, I still so, remember the first uh, discussion brainstorm we had, uh, Rahul. Back, back in the memory lane. Oh my gosh! Indeed, indeed. And and then I'll also kind of bring it back to what Satish was uh, speaking about: the, the the first person buying, the first person providing you the support, and the second person being the um, hardest sell, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get 
too deep into it, but I'm going to call the second person being the most vocal critic uh, in the community uh, because this was an English show on what was supposed to be this traditional Tamil television, right? Uh, the minute we announced the show was going to be in English and, uh, on the on this channel, uh, good lord, the the criticism was um, was beyond imaginable. But then after a couple of episodes, support poured in and and people uh, bought into the concept. Once they bought into the concept, and I I think just like uh, Thiban was saying, we had a lot of. Uh, backroom discussions to make sure that we were going the right way. But then as soon as people bought into the concept, this show became big because it served a lot of people. It, it provided agency to a lot of people. It provided the community with, with um, um, m much needed knowledge. Uh, again, it came from the community for the community. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all yeah. I got to say. Rahavan, uh, he's got to say one. I love uh, loved uh, uh, Crossroads, but I, I was actually a guest on Crossroads. It was my uh, my first time being on TV, and later on, when the episode went on YouTube, my first video that I was on YouTube about. So talking about butterfly effect, that being on Crossroads and talking about really um, really poignant issues, you know, uh, uh, Manjula brought me on there to talk about. Um, you know, the police shooting of, uh, so I think, some of your team, um, the, 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 on the, on the TDC subway, uh, subway line uh, a few years back. And it was such a, like, a traumatic moment for the city. Um, the, the police officer finally, you know, um, you know uh, went, went through the court system and he was, uh, when he was charged with this uh, just recently, about two years ago. But I remember going on that show and talking about it and Man, it was an exhilarating experience, you know, having these cameras pointed at me. Uh, you know, uh, Manjula, who later became, you know, a, a, like a producer at CBC, uh, you know, did a really great job. I had somebody there who was uh, like on the panel next to me was from the White House correspondent. Uh, I had somebody else who was a volunteer with the, the mayor's office, and both of them were having, you know, very, um, very mainstream, very soft-spoken, very soft responses to the police shooting. And I just went in. And my first time being controversial, and I'm like, no, this this was murder. This, you know, I, I pointed out the facts. I, I pointed out the cases. I, I came well researched, and in my first real venue to get my voice out there. And and the the response I get from the uh, from the community was tremendous. I had people reach out to me all the time saying, yo, thank you for saying that. You know, I had the same ideas. Really cool to see someone who uh, young talking about this stuff. And then, uh, funny enough, I had people come to me and saying and get uh, you know finally like you know falsely mad at me, joking around saying that, you know, their parents kept pointing to me on TV and said, like, why can't you be that guy uh, going on talking about cool stuff? You know, and, and that was, for me, uh, the biggest shock is, like, parents were telling kids, like, you know, be more, like, you know, to do these kind of things. Uh, so, Raghavan, I mean, thank you for the platform. Led to a lot for me. Awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm super glad you, um, you, you found that way. Yeah, excellent. You put it, also, life it also brought in like a lot of politicians and leaders and you created a, a, a platform that, you know, they considered, um, you know, they were forced into conversations that we wanted to talk about that was important for our community. Um, so it was it was powerful in so many ways. And in many ways, what Raghavanna did um, actually um, I think what Raghavanna did was was uh, it's it's astoundingly different 
right? Um, because I, I was part of uh, Crossroads and um, it's, it's, it's the questions, you know, Raghavanna puts it in a way that, you know, uh, when he says it, he says it in a media standpoint, right? But to be honest, when you, when you talk about Crossroads, how much people it connected with, right? Um, like the generational gap, right? I come from the second generation that grew up here. And when Raghavanna was talking about this, and I'm like, yes, 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 this is the exact problem I'm facing, right? And, and when Raghavanna takes me into the show, right? He's taking my generation and asking, and from his standpoint, he's asking the question and, and basically, right? And, and it literally is the crossroads, right? He's bridging uh, the community from one point to the other. And I, I, I think that's the astounding part about what Raghavanna did. And, and I, I think to date, uh, we still have that disconnect in our community. And I come across everywhere, right? Um, and, and what Raghavanna did back then, right? Um, it, it's still it's still needed today, right? It's still needed today, and and I believe coming back to the whole relationship aspect of it, right? Raghavanna built relationships with so many young people from different facets of life, right? And and basically connected it to our community, what was going on in our community, and how things are changing, and and he just brought it all out, man. Like like it was amazing. What Raghavanna did was just phenomenally amazing Raghavanna, you know if, if i never said thank you before for all your contributions you know um i say it out loud right now thank you so much for everything you did and you continue to do thanks man I, i'm still alive i've got a lot more to do when i'm working on another podcast that's um, along the same lines yeah I, i'd be super thrilled to uh, continue that conversation and, and trying to help yeah, man, uh, I, I told you, Raghavan, for every one story you share, there's a 10 different stories about you, man. I was right. I was bang on. And, and it, it happened live right now. So hats off to you, my dude. Thanks, brother. Thank you. We're going to throw it back to Ravi. I got to bounce. There's some ice cream and some hugs waiting for me. But before I go, I just want to tell you guys from my two cents, I never know what's going to happen when we log in. And, and I shared in our WhatsApp group a little bit. I've been on this like weird mindset in March of, I don't know if it's burnt out, I don't know if it's feeling disconnected, not seeing return. I don't, it's just one of those weird months, but I realized in the last 10 minutes as I heard you guys all speak that starting anything new, somebody has to trust you and help you out. But when, when I thought about that, the other perspective that just showed up on my brain is, well, I now have the power to do that for somebody else. And when that circle completes. It's such an amazing feeling to know for me to be successful, I need to ask for help and be okay with it. But I can also help somebody else in, and very quickly impact their life. And, and I think I needed that reset for March and got a couple more weeks now. I'm excited, but thank you for everybody's time. I'm going to bounce, but I can't wait to see you guys again on Monday. Cheers, bro. Take care. Absolutely. Take care, Sadis. Good to see you.